Hi friend, it's Jessica Sun. Welcome back to Guru Please for episode number 100. It's been my great pleasure to bring you all these episodes, all these different people and topics and stories. And in this episode, I want to share with you the highlights and the key moments and the kind of broad takeaways that I've gathered into a beautiful long list of my top picks and the things that stuck out to me so much. I want to share it with you right now. I'm so thrilled to bring you this episode. It's been such a crazy year of of putting out these podcasts and recording different interviews and featuring all kinds of guests. It's really been an eye-opening experience for me. I've personally just learned so much in every single episode. I found at least one gem, if not many more gems in each one. And in this episode, I want to share with you the gems that I still carry with me right now. It's been a really interesting experience also recording this podcast during COVID, you know, doing this 100% remotely. It's actually been a wonderful way to build relationships with people in this time when it's it's difficult to meet in person. And I hope that you found time in this pandemic world to build that relationship with yourself and to, you know, also leverage podcasts and audio and video content online to assist you in your own growth. I also want to talk about some general themes that I noticed from recording just so many interviews. Actually, to this point, I've had on just over 100 guests. A few of them, of course, I haven't released yet as an episode. Right now, I've spoken to a total of 107 guests, all of whom are very different, different backgrounds, different routines, different topics of interest to them, totally different jobs, careers, lifestyles, locations. And yet there's so many commonalities. I, I need to share it with you. My intention with this show was to share these incredible experiences people have had and the wisdom that they've come to from these experiences so that as you're going through your own life, you can kind of source this knowledge from, you know, listening to these different things and utilize it within your own experiences. Because the thing is, even though we all go through different things in our lives at different times, somehow the wisdom part of it is the same throughout. My hope for you is that a few nuggets will stick with you through your lifetime and that you can come back to them And when you're going through different challenges, you can draw on that wisdom of these wonderful teachers and guests. Producing the show has been nothing but a joy for me every single time. Actually, every time I conduct an interview afterward, I feel this great rush, like a high that I get from just having had this very intimate connection and conversation with somebody who really just their pure intention is to give and to pass along this wisdom of theirs and to share their story in hopes that just one person can, you know, get something from it and it can help just one person. I've heard that line over and over, just, you know, if just one person hears this and you know, it does them something good, then that's that's what matters. On this show, we've had magicians, musicians, former lifers, former addicts and children of addicts, professors, relationship experts, yoginis, endurance athletes, several people who lost one or both parents early on in their lives, a dropout turned real estate investor, a man who walked from Florida to New York with no plan, a corporate attorney turned burlesque dancer, and a criminal justice professor turned children's book author. Our guests have come from both coasts of the U.S., 
and everywhere in between, and many more from South Africa, Australia, the UK, Canada, India, China, and Vietnam. We've heard about burnout, self-care, self-talk, meditation, empowering oneself, losing 50 pounds, losing 100 pounds, beating addiction, betrayal, consciousness, vulnerability, energy, capitalism, careers, bankruptcy, near-death experiences, suicide attempts, death of loved ones, brain tumors, depression, permanent disability, emotional validation, morning routines, evening routines, mastery, finding purpose, leadership, healing yourself, and more rock bottoms than I can count. I've been logging and tracking the hours I spend on this show, and I've logged just under 400 hours total for what I've put into this podcast. Every single moment has been such a gift, and I hope that I've been able to pass along some of this and that you've seen something good in your life and a small shift in in the way you think and, you know, different things you're trying for yourself and experimenting with to heal yourself, to improve different skills, to get closer to who you are, to feel less stuck and to explore your own possibilities. I want to talk about some notable stories that we've heard throughout these 99 podcasts. First up is episode 86, I Use Tragedies to Fuel Me with Wendy Shu. Wendy lost her mother to cancer when she was very young, and after nearly dying in her early 20s, she had this enormous wake-up call in her life to rewrite her story. She talks about why she quit her job and sold everything to travel solo and and how she went abroad for the first time, all at the age of 28. She shares this beautiful and unforgettable, truly unforgettable story about her encounter with a Tibetan monk who had been persecuted and chased from his home by the Chinese government and then also lost his family during this persecution. I'm not going to tell you the story because you really need to hear it from her own voice, but do do listen to that. She shares such a powerful description of her own journey to overcoming self-victimization and living a life aligned with purpose. And you, yeah, she is just, she's like a soul sister to me. And her story truly shows you that no matter how much the odds are stacked against you, there's a way through and life will be completely different for all the tragedy that you've come through. The next story I want to feature is episode number 10. This is Turning Your Greatest Weakness into Your Greatest Gift with Muhammad Seven. He is a vocalist and guitarist for an Americana band. And not only that, he is a garbage man based in Boston and also just got his master's degree from Harvard. He is Iranian-American and he draws inspiration from all kinds of places, from hip-hop, from rock and roll, from Persian poetry, from the revolution. He's at the intersection of so many different identities. And in this episode, he talks about the struggle of being a Middle Eastern American musician at a time when they didn't really exist and how he really committed himself to his work despite all the doubts and fears that inevitably come with creating art. Episode 10 is truly a soulful one, very much coming from his heart. And I challenge you to show me a person with a more interesting, intriguing, complex background. I mean, I'd I'd be hard-pressed to find anyone who has a more unique and interwoven identity. Something I'll never forget 
this thing he said was, I asked him, you know, how did you kind of come through the hardships of, you know, kind of growing up with a single parent and growing up in a place where you were the one in terms of being Iranian American and, you know, just the hard times of childhood. And he said, honestly, a lot of tears. And that really struck me and that's really stuck with me because sometimes we don't really learn anything like dramatically life-changing or like somehow inspiring and like it's such a perspective shift. Sometimes we just want to express the grief and the pain and the loss and just come to accept it through just being in those feelings and feeling them and allowing that space to feel, to feel the pain, to feel that rawness and the sadness, pure sadness, to let go and to relieve yourself of this burden and feel the full extent of the feelings. Yeah, that's, that's really stuck with me. The next episode I want to feature is Number 56, 25 Years of Prison, an Inspiring Transformation with Sheena Renee. So Sheena was sentenced to a life in prison in 1992 when she was 17 years old. She came out 25 years later at 42 years old. And I cannot tell you how dramatically the shift has like how how far she's come in those 25 years. I mean, she is someone so connected to spirit. Uh, she, she believes in the Christian faith in God. And what was so remarkable was that she was happy. She was truly happy. She was so centered in her belief and her knowledge of who she was and she was so gratified and fulfilled by helping others because when she was in prison, she actually started helping other people alongside her and organizing study groups and support groups. She opened my eyes to just how much a person can change. I mean, she had gone through in her childhood so many challenges, including abuse, rape, and domestic violence. And a few of the quotes she says is, as long as I stayed the victim, I never became a survivor, a fighter, and who I was meant to be. And another one is, it's your choice. Do you want to be better or worse? I think about her in my life whenever I feel kind of out of it or disconnected because her connection with her God, like her version of the divine, was so strong, so powerful. And in, in every second of her life that she felt good in every moment, that power has stuck with me because it's our choice to feel this connection to something greater than ourselves to this all-powerful, life-giving source. It is transformative beyond anything we can even imagine. Okay, another person has somewhat of a similar story is episode 57, Drug Addict Turned Personal Trainer with Kane Patterson. So Kane also had a difficult background his mother was addicted to drugs. He himself became addicted to drugs and then was homeless and living on the streets and went from that to being a personal trainer and a podcast host, helping other people with their fitness. He is so down to earth and he emphasizes taking responsibility for our own actions and yes, things have influenced us, but in the end, it's up to us to own our behaviors and our results. 
This is from a man who grew up in 24 different foster homes, whose mother introduced him to hard drugs, and who spent 10 years addicted. And he says he, he lost those years of his life when he had his drug habits. I mean, these stories are like, well, anything's possible. It just, that's what it means to me, at least, is to see how enormously the odds are stacked up opposing his favor and to see where he's at now and how great his life is in terms of how he feels and who he is, really. Just such a strong character, so humble about how far he's come. I think it really goes to show the power of the human mind and the human spirit. The next episode I want to feature is 94, starting stand-up comedy at 70 with Lynn Ruth Miller. This is a very recent episode. Lynn Ruth is 87 years old, and she is currently, she is the oldest female comedian, I think, in the entire world. And her story is just a wild roller coaster ride. I mean, she started comedy at 70 years old, and she's proving that just because you're old doesn't mean you can't do things like perform comedy and perform cabaret and to swear and to just have that kind of personality. I mean, and before that, she was a writer. She was a teacher, a professor. She was a journalist. She had no idea that she would do comedy. But, you know, step by step, if you listen to the episode, she describes how she got into it. I mean, it's just by pure coincidence, really, that she found herself performing comedy and then really enjoying it and then continuing with it and eventually touring the world with her acts. You can check out her stuff on YouTube, Lynn Ruth Miller. And it's it's funny, she turns her experience of being old into just hilarious jokes. Everything you think of about old people, she talks about what it's like dating when you're in your 80s. She talks about her body. She talks about being short, being Jewish. It's great stuff. And one of the things that really stood out to me in what she said was that, you know, she said, I I don't know what I'm doing. You know, it's okay to not know what you're doing. It's okay to be just in the moment and just seeing where things go and letting one thing lead to the next. I mean, not to say she doesn't have goals. She has crazy huge goals. She wants to get a PhD and she wants to spread the word and, you know, be a major player in the world of comedy despite her age, despite the fact that people in that industry are biased toward younger comedians. She's out there to show the world what an 87-year-old can do. She also talks about her bulimia and anorexia when she was younger. It took her many decades to overcome the eating disorders. And she talks about the perks of being ill and how if you want to heal, you must let go of those perks. And it's so true. There always are perks to having bulimia or anorexia, to being depressed, anxious, to being addicted, to being codependent, and to recognize those little rewards that we get, whether that's bits of attention or feeling self-righteous or having a good excuse to procrastinate or not do certain things. So I thought that was a really poignant thing for her to say to acknowledge that there there are two sides to, to the coin when it comes to mental illness and to be able to acknowledge that fact. Another episode I want to talk about is number 23, Turning Obstacles into Opportunities with Kylie Travers. Kylie was a homeless single mother 
who found her way out of uh, an abusive relationship, a manipulative one in which afterwards she was stalked for a long time and followed by her ex. She went from those conditions to being a business owner. She's an author and speaker and charity ambassador. And she has a mission to empower women through financial independence. Because having been financially dependent for so long and caught up in a situation with domestic violence and abuse, she was homeless for a bit afterward and had to move around a lot. And she talks about how she was able to kind of overcome in her mind all the things that had happened. The big thing that I remember from this episode was how she faced being robbed just after she had moved out uh, and was kind of in between places and basically homeless. So basically she was homeless and then that same night she was robbed of pretty much everything she had. And the next morning the police came and her mind was was clear and you know she was very calm when she was talking to police which surprised them of course and she said on the episode she said she started thinking well what can i be grateful for what opportunities can come from this what lessons can i learn from this and she found herself feeling grateful that she had lost those things because they reminded her of that past chapter of her life anyway and now she was able to work from a clean slate and kind of move on in a more like unburdened way. She also spoke about the process of change because she found herself not liking who she was, who she saw in the mirror. And she described the process of getting to like herself. And it really was one small change every day, day by day over time. And she talks about how she wrote a list of 100 things she liked about herself. And for her, it was so hard to even think of one or two or 10, much less 100. But slowly and surely, she was able to start to like herself and start to love herself. So for all those in an abusive relationship, or just wanting to be aware of the possibility of that, this is really an important episode to listen to. Another woman who comes to mind who has also faced, I mean, it's a theme, right? That these huge challenges. Episode 22, How to Manage Your Mind with Susie Moore. Susie grew up in a very bizarre way. Her family situation was quite strange. Her father was rather irresponsible or Maybe you could say almost completely irresponsible. She spent some time in foster homes. I mean, (laughs) you can listen to the episode or read her book, Stop Checking Your Likes, which it it was just such a weird situation that I I can't even describe it. You, You just have to hear it from herself. And she's now, you know, quite a successful life coach. But in between that, she was actually... A pretty successful sales director and she decided well I don't think I want to do this forever even though she was you know making a lot of money and things like that but she decided to make that switch anyway. What stayed with me about Susie is that she lives this idea that reality is an interpretation. She lives that idea and It really is up to us what we want to choose, what we want to give meaning to. This one thing she says, why not choose the best beliefs? Because we decide what we believe. Why not tell ourselves what will actually help us rather than, you know, stay in these idea patterns and ways of thinking that really don't serve us. Her confidence is so palpable. And this is someone who had no degree, no connections, moved to the U.S., 
from the UK when she was quite young. And she says that every problem we have is rooted in a worthiness issue. Like, am I worthy enough to take on this new project or have this title or status or go to the school or do this cool thing? I found a lot of truth in that statement in that our lives reflect what we see in ourselves and what we believe about ourselves. And that's the place to start is in that self-reflection of, okay, what are my beliefs? How do I treat myself? How do I conceive of myself in my mind? If you like to take things personally, give, give this episode a listen and maybe you can change your mind about that and you know, help yourself in that way of projecting less onto other people. The projection piece is actually something that I've been thinking about more and more lately, and I'll probably make an episode in the near future about that, so keep an eye out for that. I want to talk about episode 32 also. This is the true story of an addict with Andrew Mann. This episode is probably... Of all the guests we've, we've had who've talked about addiction, Andrew is probably the one who, for all intents and purposes, to anyone looking, just could not have made it. And yet he did. He, and he was able to beat his addiction through many failed attempts. He was truly homeless, just homeless to the point where you're living amidst trash, needles scattered all around the floor. He really believes that most people who are addicted, and he's been in and out of rehabs and you know, treatment programs and such, he believes that everyone who is addicted, the addiction started as self-medication by those who were suffering or are suffering from abuse. He himself was uh, abused, also had anxiety and depression since he was quite young. And he talks about the process of healing and not just healing from the physical addiction, but the deeper healing of just all the things inside and the past trauma that's been stored and how to rebuild trust with himself. Because when you're addicted, it becomes more and more difficult to trust yourself, which is one of the most painful parts of addiction. He is such a good-hearted person who just in his life wants to see people who were in his state and who are addicted or homeless or in prison and just so deeply hurting inside. He wants to see them heal. And he's using his story to spread this message that, quote, anyone out there can beat their addiction because I was as low as it could get. It really is just another one of those episodes where it's like, all right, I mean, <laughs> anything's possible. If he did that, I mean, anything is possible. Along the same lines, I do feel the need to talk about episode 77. This is the Courage to Face Yourself with Kyle Dean Houston. Kyle is the author of Patchwork Junkie, a true story about drugs, prison, and surviving redemption. He's like a good friend of mine at this point. I mean, this man came out of prison at 35 years old with five felony convictions, no college degree, no network, having never sent an email, I mean, he was very much addicted. He was also selling drugs. There was a point in his life when he said, okay, it's either I kill myself or I eventually get arrested and go to prison. And so he ended up going to prison. From the time he came out of prison, he started working. He wanted to catch up and he went from making $10 an hour to a decade later becoming vice president of a publicly traded company. So there's something there. If somebody can make that kind of transformation, there's something there. 
what I thought was so beautiful about him and just what he stands for is that he had the courage to write about his experiences and put them in a memoir, Patrick Junkie, because, you know, this is somebody who was keeping a story secret from basically everyone he knew, even close friends, out of that shame and that fear and just having that ghost haunt you. And he put in a book and he put it out there, even though he was working in sales and somebody very much white collar at that point and showing the side of himself that other people wanted to see in a sense and making that leap and saying, you know, I worked this hard and I got to this position in my life and yet the truth of my life is that I want to help other people come through similar challenges that I faced. And he actually is now a coach and a speaker and has followed his calling in that way. Even though he built the successful career, he was able to make that transition from sales into telling his story and telling his truth, which was secret for for so long. He talks about how he was able to come to a place of redemption when he was in jail because he was in solitary confinement. And when you're in solitary confinement, you have to face yourself. I mean, there's a lot of time to think. And in that time, he describes like how he actually came to his connection with God and the divine. And he mentions a few of the books that he was reading and how he was able to get clean as well. He is such a warm-hearted person. Listening to him speak is a gift. What an inspiration to hear somebody so honest, so open, so aware of himself, able to be so vulnerable. I mean, I can use all these adjectives to describe the conversation, but <laughs> it's a good one. I know I'm, I'm telling you about all the good ones here, so this is, this is also a good one. And next, I want to feature what I call mind twist episodes. So there's two kind of different and unique episodes that are less about personal stories. I mean, there are personal stories in there, but maybe less about that and more about these very interesting ideas that can shift your perspective. So the two I want to talk about are 63 and 89. Episode 63 is literally rewriting your story with Limor Pinhasi Vittorio. She is a cognitive writing specialist, which I don't think anyone's ever heard of, but that's what she does. And basically, she uses writing techniques to help people achieve personal breakthroughs. And this is stuff that she has backed with research, and that's what is really interesting with it. She describes what this kind of writing is. It's called cognitive writing, and it's not journaling. And we actually talk about how it's not journaling and what those differences are. And this cognitive writing process helps people find new meaning in things that have happened and to change various situations, whether it's trauma, abuse, depression, addiction. But she also says it can help people just do things that they want to do, like find a new partner or a new job. It really is a process that can help you with any aspect of your life. I think I titled the episode aptly, literally rewriting your story, because I think that's what you could say cognitive writing is. It basically is a form of writing, of telling your own story, where you can break those old limiting patterns and beliefs and rewrite them. What she says is that writing bypasses our verbal function. So 
we can write things that we can't speak because sometimes it's just so hard to talk about certain things. But when we write about it, it, it can come out a lot more easily and it can flow. She talks about the power of reading the work out loud and taking ownership of the experience. And I think that this kind of writing draws on the fact that we we're all made up of stories, you know, we are all telling ourselves different stories and, and that creates who we are. And when we look at who we are and we look at the stories that, you know, we tell ourselves and other people tell about us, we can begin to identify, okay, well, which stories are working for me? Which ones need a different ending? Which ones do I want to re-examine? And which ones do I want to be free of? It really is a unique episode, I think, in our roster of episodes. So it, it could certainly help you. Her processes can certainly help you. And it sounds crazy, but it can help you with just about anything. The other Mind Twist episode is 89. This is Higher States of Consciousness with Dr. Betty J. Kovach. So Dr. Betty, oh, this is, this is again, I, it's like very hard for me to describe because it's such a mind twist. So she wrote this book. It's called Merchants of Light, The Consciousness That Is Changing the World. And this sounds kind of esoteric, kind of hard to understand, but essentially she witnessed the deaths of her mother, son, and husband in a three-year period. And through her research into kind of our lost understanding of uh, life and death and consciousness and how consciousness actually continues even when the person dies the consciousness remains and she talks about these inverted myths that we have in religion that have disconnected us from that truth that consciousness remains i mean i i can't really summarize what she said because there wasn't like one or two takeaways i mean she talks about all her research and she having been a professor before uh, and now working on this very research intensive book she discusses consciousness which is like a hot topic kind of word that people use for many different things like altered states of consciousness and things like that the way she describes it is really in the sense of People can be here even if they're not here in person. And then also this different way of looking at the world and our place in it. It actually took me a while for what she said to kind of actually sink in into my own mind and my awareness of things and how I understand things. And okay, since recording that episode, maybe... A month or two ago, I've spent time like pondering, okay, what did she mean? I mean, she, she was talking about shamanism. She was talking about immortality, the divine, you know, consciousness after death, myths and religion. I mean, I, I hadn't heard these things before and I had to kind of really consider them. Like, wh what did she mean? So I've come to this understanding of what she really meant. And I've actually heard this echoed in some things that other guests have said, which is that we are the immortal and the divine and the creative. Like how some might see God, God isn't separate from us. God is in us. And some people who believe in God believe that God is within but some don't, and some see God as a separate being that, you know, we're human and God is kind of above us. And what she was saying is that the truth is that we are one. And this sentiment is echoed in Joseph Campbell's work, Brad Fricchini. She was talking about the nature of 
people of humankind and our nature the way we understand it in contemporary culture is that we're more advanced than animals and and people in the past because of our science technology those advancements on those fronts but on the true nature of people it can be said that people in the past had a much better understanding of health and of consciousness and of feeling and how to feel aligned i mean nowadays people feel like they're missing something and they're lacking purpose and they're unfulfilled and they're always chasing something outside of themselves whereas in indigenous culture in shamanistic cultures there's no such feeling i mean that just isn't the norm at all do give her episode a listen if you are interested in expanding your own consciousness and if you're grieving the loss of loved ones and if you're trying to understand like why and are they really gone i think that episode would really help you uh, now i want to take note of a few of the most heartwarming conversations and again like all of these are ones that i consider unforgettable i mean this information has just stuck with me. So first one on the list is number 65. This is Speak Your Authentic Voice with Alyssa Weinzimmer. So Alyssa, she lost her voice at age 21. She was studying uh, voice and singing at UCLA and she was gonna go on to sing at Broadway. I mean, that was the level she was singing at. and. She just completely blew out her voice. And it was really a traumatic incident for her. And it took her a, a time to kind of come to terms with it. And then after that, to understand what happened. And now she is what she calls a voice and presence coach. But what she really does is help people connect with their voice. And we talk about, okay, what does that mean? And on the physical level, she talks about what that means. But then on the mental, emotional, and spiritual levels, what having a voice means. And I was really quite impressed by the fact that she was able to talk about the voice at those deeper levels. She brought up so many good points about just drawing from different principles from yoga, Buddhism, about how to get in touch with yourself. She says, Am I doing what I'm doing with an economy of effort? Uh, she talks about how to just trust what is and yield to what is. I mean, <laughs> this is good stuff. These are principles that you can use in anything you're doing and just throughout each moment of your life, think about, okay, how can this apply? She talks about this damaging paradigm of the good and bad paradigm because she acknowledges that being good can be damaging too in a way that she was labeled you know she was a good singer since she was young and then she was training in this specific style of music to eventually sing broadway but that wasn't her truth because she before she was recognized to have some kind of talent when she was young, she was already making up her own songs and singing in a different way. And, and now she's coming back to that and rediscovering that part of herself that was kind of suppressed by this good-bad paradigm of, okay, this is what good looks like in music, you know? But what she was doing intuitively, I mean, could you call that bad i mean it just didn't fit the paradigm the most prominent takeaway from speaking with her for me was that we cannot separate the physical from the mental from the emotional from the spiritual and so if you have a physical ailment odds are it's going to be rooted in those other three aspects as well truly i'm not making this up I think about that every single day. 
like every day I think about how it's actually all connected. The body, the mind, the heart, the spirit, they are all connected. And <laughs> I'm not making that up. I, I do think about that fact every single day. All right, the next heartwarming conversation that I want to mention is episode number 85, The Power and Wisdom of Our Heart with Anna Levin. This conversation was so heartwarming that when I think about it, like, I just, I'm just happy and my heart is open. I just remember having this great, deep, warm connection with her. I mean, this is somebody who just didn't have a connection with her mother. She talks about how her desire for her mother led her to a place where she learned how to reparent herself. And we've talked about reparenting on so many different episodes, but it really is a powerful idea and a powerful way to, you know, live as an adult, even despite anything that happened in your childhood. I think all of us could benefit from reparenting ourselves because there's bound to be some habits we picked up in childhood that just don't work for us anymore in adulthood. And reparenting is so useful to guide oneself into a different way of being. So in this episode, Anna talks about self-love, you know, cultivating our self-worth, how we're constantly discovering ourselves and how we're always changing and we're never the same. And that ultimately we're here to have experiences in this life. Like that's why we're here. It's just what she said rung so true to me. Like even though I hadn't really heard these things said in exactly this way, but I heard maybe some similar ideas, her way of saying it just rung so true, just resonated to the core of me that, yeah, this is this is something that'll just open your heart up. She doesn't put on any airs. I mean, this was maybe one of the first few podcasts she has been interviewed on, but she wasn't trying to put on any front or be anyone but herself. And that really shows so clearly that she lives the words she speaks. For those of us who kind of grew up with the idea that logic trumps emotion, it's hard to talk about the heart and understand what that even means to talk about the heart, like not like the physical beating heart, but the emotional heart. But the way she says it, it it's like a different way of seeing everything. It's like seeing things through a different set of eyes. She says, the heart's wisdom is irrational to the mind and cannot be understood with the mind. Wow, that makes so much sense. It's like, well, if we're trying to understand the heart through like the mind or the brain or logic, of course it doesn't make any sense. It's, it's really learning to think and understand through a very different method that we're not used to doing and yet is within us, all of us intrinsically. And another episode that was so heartwarming that I absolutely cannot not mention is number eight. This is Rising Through Crisis and Finding Peace with Marco Stefano. Actually, Marco is going to be joining us for another interview in about a month. So look forward to that. And, you know, I, d I almost never have repeat guests. So that means this is a big deal. <laughs> so <sighs> this... This story truly, if I had to summarize it in one sentence, would be a phoenix rising from the ashes. He went through just the demise of his entire life to the point where he was about to kill himself. He was about to just end it all. And he came through it. And he talks about the moment that he let go and just felt the presence of God, really. And he was able to find peace in this time where he had basically lost everything in his life. He's just such a fun, like jovial personality. 
it's a pleasure to listen to him and to hear what he has to say and like his take on on things one of my favorite metaphors that he uses in this show is how adversity is like a paint stripper so he takes this example of like a a table or something that he was working on and this thing was so old it had just so many layers of paint that he would just kept removing layers of paint and it would like it would literally change colors because every time it was painted it was some different color and in the same way adversity hardship obstacles challenges are like a paint stripper to ourselves and they help us get closer to the truth of who we are i mean that's a beautiful way of of putting it he speaks about the process of reinventing oneself and he is a coach who helps people who are facing loss and trauma reinvent themselves yeah like if you if you've been going through some tough times or even the toughest times you know difficult life transitions crisis loss just trauma not sure what to do this one is a great one to listen to finally i want to mention one on relationships this is number 47 tools for love and self esteem with harry udo again this is also one of those people who you just want to keep listening to anything they have to say because they're just such friendly warm personalities who exude a kind of wisdom that is not presumptuous at all it's just so down to earth and relatable and inspiring so harry is relationship coach but we talk about more than just relationships i mean he was bullied in school his schooling was also really kind of rough and abusive and he talks about being sexually abused and going through just a very dramatic breakup like all right like how do we use that pain to discover something about ourselves one of the biggest things that like that i included in quotes to remember is transcendence is moving forward in spite of the pain i mean when i heard that i was like whoa that is groundbreaking because we think that to overcome means we just we don't feel the pain anymore but the thing is we will feel the pain like the pain will be there it is there and it will still be there in the future and when we transcend something it's not like we let it go to the point where we don't hurt no we still feel the pain and in the pain we become something greater than it we're very keen on dismissing our feelings dismissing our pain and not wanting to feel it because we think well that's the way we heal is to not feel the pain but actually healing comes from really going deep into the feelings into the pain the sadness the anger and just all of the feelings and letting them be there not denying them because denial doesn't mean we solve the problem <laughs> Den- denial means that we're ignoring the problem we also talk about relationships and what it takes to cultivate a communicative and successful relationship the myth of the perfect relationship and you know how to listen you know how to see our needs and how to acknowledge another person All right, to end off with, I want to share my top picks on mindset and these episodes are unforgettable like almost in their totality. The first one I want to highlight is actually our most listened to episode. This is number 61, A Second Chance at Life with Rob Tull. Okay, this entire episode is worth listening to like minute for minute if you just want an hour or an hour and a half of just like intense solid good healthy stuff like this is it <laughs> rob 
attempted suicide in 2018 and he basically thought his life was over then he woke up (laughs) and when he woke up everything changed because finally for the first time in his life he was free he felt like well now what you know I thought I was gonna die and here I am now I get to live my life and take it a very different way. He talks about how he ended up there, how he kind of made choices for himself that weren't really aligned with him, that he wasn't living the life he wanted. And, you know, when I heard that, I felt echoes of that in myself. And I think it's very helpful to hear another person's truth because oftentimes that'll resonate with your own truth. So the biggest thing that he talks about, which I I actually use like in my day-to-day conversations with other people is that achievements are often antidotes or like Advil for emotional pain. Like people will fill this void in themselves or try to fill that void with achievements. And he says, If you're seeking love, an A-plus feels like love. (laughs) Wow. The number of people I've seen, myself included, try to do that. Like filling that ache where love belongs with, you know, a job, money, credentials, degrees. It's, (laughs) It's quite rampant, you know, this situation certainly. He talks about how to identify your calling and how to feed yourself what he calls the emotional and mental nutrients that don't come from every source. And I actually do these things every day, you know, these daily habits that he recommends, which are in the morning, affirmation and intention. And then in the evening before bed, gratitude and success so in the morning affirming oneself you know through mantras meditation prayer and then setting an intention for the day or you know for the moment and then in the evening before bed really looking back and saying well what am I grateful for and what were my successes in this day and (laughs) It feels so good to do these things. It just really aligns you, just straight up aligns you. And then in the evening, it's so great to to think of these things just before bed because that is an important moment right before we fall asleep and go into our dreams. Another episode I cannot not mention is number 35, Live the Impossible with Brian Bergford. So I think Brian and I are like kindred spirits. He is a peak performance coach for athletes and entrepreneurs. And this is so interesting. He competes on a national level in swimming, which he started when he was 30 years old. And not to mention before that was just deathly afraid of being in the water. He talks about mental training, the ego, productivity, building confidence, and the steps to becoming unstoppable and having an unstoppable mindset where we are going to accomplish great things by having a mission larger than ourselves. And when we do the training, he says that the definition of training is something you would never feel like doing and doesn't come naturally, which that sounds obvious. But when he put it in those words, I thought, well, yeah, because then you know your training is that you you don't want to do it. I also love this quote of his, complaining is the language of losers. (laughs) I mean, what better thing to summarize complaining, making excuses, etc.? Brian is all about allowing the hero within to rise 
and to live the impossible and to face our fears because behind the fear when we go through it we've entered the realm of what was once impossible this is someone again i i want to hear anything from anything coming out of his mouth anything he stands behind i i need to listen to that's how i feel about him all right last episode i'm going to mention this is 73 your life as an experiment with tor sapola again crazy story was criminal was a criminal in debt had an, a quote unquote inoperable blood clot overcame suicidal thoughts in solitary confinement family deported and he fought for them for over 8 months for their return and now he teaches people to consciously manifest their dream reality well, maybe I should have included this one in the mind twist list because it was like full of these unique, powerful ways of seeing things that, you know, if you listen to a lot of like self-improvement stuff, you listen to this stuff and you're like, oh, this is different. You know, I've personally listened to a bunch of different, some of the more popular people, of course, the coaches but also lots of life coaches. And, and I, I really do think that what he said was unique. So the, the big thing that I think we should all just know in ourselves is the fact that it's not just substances that can be addictive. It's also thoughts and ways of thinking and those patterns especially those negative patterns that don't help us. Actually, I'll probably talk about this in another episode also. The way he sees things is really refreshing just to hear him talk about, you know, where our thoughts come from, how pain helps us wake up, how when we are afraid of something, it's probably a habit we have and we're probably afraid of many other things in our life and how to master the mindset and to practice those meditative techniques and shift our perspective to go from failure to success easily. This is someone who formerly before that was totally in a victimhood state where everything was someone else's fault and he was at the whim of just whatever happened to him and just from these very basic principles that he's expressed in this episode he was able to really turn his life around and he believes that any one of us can do this for ourselves so whatever you're trying to make a change in whatever you want to do it is absolutely doable when you have the right techniques and the right setup to it and the right way of approaching it, it really won't be that difficult. The difficult part is in structuring your change in a, in a way that is efficient, where you're not like hindering yourself or getting in your own way. It was, it's a very interesting conversation, highly recommend it. And I mean, I highly recommend any of the ones I just mentioned. And that's a wrap. I think, you know, we've talked about the most noteworthy of episodes. Of course, every single episode, I could, I could probably go back and talk about every single episode and kind of break down the key principles within them. And every single one would have like something, like some jewel. But, you know, part of, I think, listening to these conversations is, we kind of grow to do that for ourselves. So like whatever you find is relevant in your life and can help you, you know, take that on because my takeaways probably not gonna be the same as your takeaways. But at the very least, I've given you some of my greatest takeaways in these episodes. And next time we'll be talking about what I've learned because in the beginning of this episode, I said that I would be 
giving a summary of like the common points that I kept hearing over and over again. I'm going to do that next episode because this one I realized like went on way longer than I thought because I'm just so excited about like all these episodes and all these people. It's not easy to kind of put together the meat of like all these amazing conversations and I've certainly skipped over many, many important things, but these are some just great episodes that I recommend personally. Thank you again for being a part of the Guru Please podcast. Thank you for joining on this very important episode number 100. I'm certainly looking forward to another 100 episodes of great interviews and you know, with this new format, half of it will be just me talking. So um, I, I hope you enjoy that. Let me know if you have any questions, comments, topics you want to talk about. You can reach me at guruplease.com slash contact. It's been just such a gratifying thing to bring you these these episodes and all this great stuff. So thank you for being here and joining me in this great adventure and all these wild crazy stories i'll catch you next time and this has been the guru please podcast with jessica sun 